0: You are listening to Claret & Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Claret & Blue podcast. Today we are filming live on YouTube and Facebook. My name is Dan Rolinson. I'm joined by our football editor at Birmingham Live, Matt Kendrick. A formal intro for a change, but uh, I'm feeling very annoyed at the moment.
0: Uh, Matt, are you well? I am well, yeah. I'm feeling a bit flat, to be honest um i i don't know we're going to talk about the, the penalty decision that wasn't um at, at great length i'm sure but i felt felt it was a raggy performance anyway you know I it, what did you think of the game been...
1: overall I thought it was chaotic is how old uh i would class it very end to end I thought it was a good advert for the Premier League I thought it was a good match for the neutral um but for for a villa fan i, I come why thinking we we've deserved at least a point there. If not more On a a good day I think we score Four or five there And and that's a
0: little frustrating I think the Villa Looked very Very bright going forward But just when it got Anywhere near the penalty box They just Lacked You know Just indecisive Weren't they Um but yeah, go on, let, let's chat Let's chat through the um, the penalty first of all. Let, let, let's do this game in reverse.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, it's the main talking point, isn't it? All the comments flying through already saying, can't believe it, can't believe it. So first of all, I guess we'll get our own opinions out of the way first. In, in one word, was it a penalty, yes or no? What do you think?
0: <sighs> I think it was a penalty, but I don't know how much of it is my... Massive dollop of bias towards Aston Villa that says it's a penalty. Because I know, I know this is this is this is on me rather than anything else. But I know that if it, it was the other end of the pitch, I'd have been saying he took a bit of the ball. He took a bit of the ball, and using that as the kind of main mitigation, um, it, which my seems to be doing. I'm not
1: sure about that. I think if it was the other way, I'd be going, "Yeah, but yeah, he, he has put his boot through his shin as well." To be fair, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'm trying to be noble and uh, <laughs> and, and look at it without bias. But oh, there's he wasn't a few different. of that
0: tackle. I suppose if you listen, if I don't think he was in control of that tackle, I think Trezeguet has done him by taking the touch inside him. Yeah. So if he has taken any of the ball, it's more by luck than intent. Do you know yeah, what oh, I mean? Hundred percent. yeah, Yeah. yeah. It's a clumsy tackle. I don't think he could have had too many arguments if it was given as a penalty. Well, it was given a, a a penalty. Well, yeah. Um I think we'd have missed it anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said that. I said it would be typical for us because I was kind of live tweeting or live Facebook posting some of the updates and I was like, penalty to Villa in the 93rd minute, even though I knew there'd be a VAR check. But I thought, I looked at it once first time thought, oh, well, he's, he's clearly hit his shin, so this isn't going to be overruled. Michael had the best referee in England, one of the best we've got, instantly points to the spot to give the penalty. And then VAR replaying it over and over again and you start to think, oh dear, surely not. Then he goes over to check it and I'm thinking, well... He's, he's given it so he's not going to overturn his own decision and embarrass himself by saying, "Oh, actually, all the VAR, VAR is right here. I thought he'd just go over and go, well, yeah, he did He did touch his shin. It is a penalty. Crack on with the game and, and here we go. So the fact that he's overruled his own decision and it's the smallest of margins that he's won the ball. I think it was... Um, Who's on commentary? If you remind me. It's Martin, for Keown, Arsenal. Ma- Martin Keown, wasn't Martin Keaton. He said something like, if that was a foul anywhere else on the pitch, it would be given. And we'd be saying things like, well, he didn't get enough of the ball. Um, we were saying just before we came off air, how much of the ball one needs to take to to class it as a foul or not. I'm not so sure, but I'm very formal, wasn't
0: he? How much of the ball one needs to <laughs> take? You've been watching The Crown.
1: I haven't actually, but the rest of my family have, and I don't shut up about it. Um, but I don't know what I don't know what the rules state. You look at that and think if he has touched the ball, like you said, it's a it's a smidgen, it's a fraction, and he doesn't mean it anyway. If he dispossesses Trezeguet and runs away with the ball but he's gone through him as well. You'd think, well, at least he's controlled it and he's won possession. It's just bounced away, hasn't it? And he's clearly he's clearly hit Trezeguet's shin anyway. So that is a penalty. And frankly, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of AAR. I'm sick of the
0: referees. And I'm just not. But... Before today, I kind of thought that I quite like the development of refs going and checking the screens themselves. But,
1: yeah, but not when they go over there and make a stupid decision well. Well, not,
0: not when they when, Not when they go over there and it goes against us. But I think... The issue is that if it's, you know, my understanding is that for a decision the referee gives with his naked eye to be overturned, there's got to be a clear and obvious error that he's made. Now, if there's a clear and obvious error, as much as I like the fact that the referee can go and check it, surely the people in Stockley Park can spot that, oh, we're not sure about it, go and have another look. (laughs) That's clear and obvious then, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Not, it's just—it's just a
1: jumble and a mess, isn't it? I've said before about the, the the clear and obvious things. There's been a few kind of suggestions on how VAR should be introduced. Whether it should be like a. A review system like like cricket or tennis or whatever or whether it should be you know you're limited to a certain amount of replays to, to really make it clear and obvious but if you said to the referees right you can replay this instant five times and then you've got to make your decision they'll be saying well five times isn't enough so that's why we got the decision wrong so I don't think there's ever really a spot a sweet spot where everybody wins but you, I don't know. It's just I don't know what the solution is apart from get rid of VAR and go back to referees making their own mistakes. Because tonight we'd have benefited off the back of that. Whereas other times you you, you clearly don't benefit either. So maybe it's just one of those that we're just going to have to suck it up and think: well, some things go for you, some things don't.
0: I'd like for them to define what clear and obvious is, because at the moment, clear and obvious is about as clear and obvious as the Times cryptic clock crossword or one <laughs> of those magic eye puzzles. It's You know, there's nothing clear and obvious about it, it's just kind of, it's just adding an extra layer of complication. Um, yeah. you well, know, said, and, didn't
1: they, that VAR would uh, end the debate in football and, and end the, the talking points and the controversy, and all it's done is add more since the, the last season and a half it's been here, so... Don't think controversy is going away anytime soon, is it, when VAR is still around?
0: Well, yeah. And the whole thing, the whole sorry episode, episode has detracted away from my great gag about VAT. Should have checked the other one at the other end because it was cash in hand.
1: I saw that on Twitter. Rubbish, to be honest. It really made me up. What was the Tariq one? The Brightoner oh, one, the, Tariq Pony? One Tariq Pony. Slightly better. Slightly better. Um,
0: a I, little face when he was sent off, bless him.
1: He's a very small guy, isn't he? good player to be fair uh, me and my dad were watching it together and he was saying oh, he's, he's been annoying, which I know means he's been good, <laughs> it's annoying when you when you face somebody like that Um, I thought, there's a couple of comments just sit, come in saying about, talk about Brighton's style of play and, and how can fans enjoy that, I don't think Brighton were a, a bad side, do you? They're playing on the counter-attack and a few nice balls up to, to Welbeck or Mopi and kind of run the channels and then try and, try and nick a goal I think Brighton are a decent side
0: you play within your means, don't you? I thought they did a job on Villa um, pretty well today. Uh, the opening goal just infuriated me, to be honest. Mm. It's, you know and I know Villa had got a bit of momentum and were trying to push up the field, but for for Matt Target and Toro Mings to kind of allow that to happen down their side of the pitch, and yeah. you got to, you know you need to be aware of your surroundings, and if you're standing in your own half, so if you're standing in the opposition half. Therefore, you, the the centre-forward can't be offside. You've got to, you know, th- there's got to be more concentration. There's got to be a better better all-round kind of spatial awareness than that. And it just annoyed me. It was a lovely finish, to be fair, by Welding. Yeah, it was. Um, brilliant finish. And could have scored again, couldn't he, a couple of minutes later. But it's just this kind of habit, Villa being architects of their own d- downfall, you know, not leaving the back door open like that. I think Villa would have had enough over the first half to, to create enough pressure to try and find a way in. But all of a sudden, you're playing catch up again. Uh, and what's that now? How many goals at Villa Park? Is it four against Leeds, four against South? Uh, yeah, three against sorry, Leeds. Br- three against Leeds, four against Southampton, two against um, two against Brighton today. Heading the right direction. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Another <laughs> couple of weeks, we'll be fine. I don't think Newcastle um, will come here and score two goals. Put it that way. Yeah, well, let's not tempt fate. But, um, so I think it was just a lot of naivety today. I thought there was a lack of composure um, from Villa defensively, and I thought, like I said, I just don't think they were decisive enough. In You know, there's a couple of moments, wasn't the first half, when Conte probably could have gambled on the ball that Traore put in and, and didn't, and the ball yeah. flashed across the goal. There's another one I thought where, um, oh, I can't remember, I think Ming, Ming's got half a contact that went towards goal, and, and Watkins kind of watched, watched the goalkeeper clear it off his line without without really yeah. putting any pressure on him. And so I know we're splitting hairs a little bit, but these are the things that make a difference, and these are the things that that mean Villa's kind of bright start and winning away at Arsenal and battering Liverpool uh, and beating Leicester. They're undoing bits of that with yeah. results like this, and it means that you know we've been realistic or tried to be realistic in recent weeks, but. You'd still, ta- you know, you'd take twelfth, wouldn't you?
1: I would. Yeah, absolutely, I would as well. Um, there's a few comments coming in specifically about Torre Mings, a lot actually, saying about, well, some of them I can't repeat because of the language, but basically saying how bad he was and how bad he's been. Now, I think he didn't have a great game today, but there's people saying as if he's bad all the time. The guy's just come back from international duty, playing for England, so he's not a bad footballer. He's just had a bad day today. I thought we got caught out a few times, but you're talking just then about splitting hairs that with the chances for Lucreated. There's a couple when Emmy Martinez has had to rush off his line and stop a stop a, a chance as well for, for Brighton. So that game, I mean, both sides would probably look at it and think we could have scored four or five there today, and it could have been a really really open game or a five five draw or something similar. Um, it just feels a little bit disappointing. I think if we'd have just lost two one, that had been bad enough, but because of the whole VIR thing at the end, it just sours it a little bit further What do you think of Mings though? Is he, is he a terrible
0: footballer? I don't think he's a terrible footballer, I think he's one of the two best center arts we've got at the football club So, <laughs> just... but you know what I mean what are your options? Well
1: yeah, exactly, That's, this is why so, people were saying sign a centre-back in the summer
0: Yeah, well I don't, I don't fancy Neil Taylor coming in at left central defence um, so I don't think it was purely Mings I thought a few of them we were a little bit off it today. I thought McGinn had a very mixed game. I thought he was good in places and and then a bit poor, poor and rusty in other places. Um, you know, I suppose without wishing to make excuses, I suppose there's a, you know there's been been several players who've come back from international duty after after a bit of action. It shouldn't be an excuse, and it's not an excuse. Um, I mean, who was your who was your man of the match today? I, I thought Matty Cash did well again. Yes. Um, I felt yeah, a bit the right side. I'd go of those. Two. Say it again.
1: I'd go through either of those two on the right side. I thought Trezeguet was good as well. Yeah, I thought, half was I mean, finishing. Yeah, where he blasted yeah, every single one over the bar.
0: It's obviously spoon. You know, <laughs> he had two goals at the end. He played a one 2 off the goalkeeper, hasn't he? First half and then smashed that one off target. Um,
1: off Matty target.
0: No, he might have gone in. If he had gone in off target. He scored the winner last time, didn't he? Target <laughs> yes, um, yeah. against Brighton. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Yeah, I thought Matty Cash probably just about edged it for me. Um, you know, we've got the blow of lose, losing Barkley as well. Yeah. The, uh, stages. And, you know, uh, it, you just wonder, don't you? You hope, that's, you know, hope it's, a, it's a minor hamstring niggle that doesn't kind of disrail, disrail and disrupt his season because this was the time when we thought Ross Barkley was going to build some momentum. Even if he was going to build momentum and we've got to hand him back to Chelsea, we thought we are going to get a good season out of him. Yeah. Um,
1: it's typical right. of luck isn't it that Don't you think For We've got Grealish goes away On uh, international duty Douglas Louise flies around Halfway around the world To Brazil uh, John McGinn gets uh, Scotland to the Euros Conor Harahan even gets minutes For the Republic of Ireland Trezeguet goes off to Egypt Yet Ross Barker The guy who's been sat at Bodymore For two weeks Is the one who pulls his hamstring In the first three or four minutes What's the chances of that
0: yeah, I don't think Villa can grumble about hard luck with injuries, though. They've Been able to name a pretty oh. much unchanged team for, for most of the season so far. Um, like I said, I just hope it's a, hope it's a minor niggle. Um, but yeah, Troy didn't really, you know, it surprised me. I mean, I think it, it, it sent, sent a lot about where, where Conor Harraham, perhaps he's. Yeah, I thought he'd come on. order now. The fact that he's bought, um, He's brought Traore on and played him down the centre. I thought the, the obvious thing he was going to do was, was put... When I saw the board come up with Traore, I thought he was going to put Grulish down the centre and bring uh, bring Traore on the wing. And eventually that did happen.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you can play someone like Traore, essentially, because he's so one-footed. Like when we signed him, Leon fans were talking about him only ever using his left foot and not having a right foot. And then he scored that golden in the in the League Cup against yeah. Bristol, maybe, with his right yeah. foot. And he's like, oh, what are they talking about? But when he does have the ball, he always wants to go on his left. He always wants to cut back on his left. I don't think you can play somebody that one-footed in the middle. So see, that seems like, whilst I thought he was decent, that seemed like a waste of 20 minutes or so just not sticking Grealish as the number 10 and being a like light-flight like, like replacement for Barclay.
0: Yeah, although having said that, even within... Ten or fifteen minutes of the change, Villa was still creating chances and still yeah, looked, yeah. Looked, looked like they're on top. To be honest, um, but I think there was, um, I don't know. I think there's a set, there's a little bit of naivety from last season crept into the the performance today as well. Um, you know, we've spoken haven't we, in recent weeks about Villa being more streetwise, uh, but I don't think they were. I don't. I, I, I thought you know, target got got hoodwinked by. By Neil Mopay didn't he into giving away uh, you know into into that booking? Um, I think Douglas always had a little bit of a nibble of him as well, and I just think put his head against him or something, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, I don't know who, who we've got next. West Ham away, and then Newcastle at home. That's right, yeah. West Ham's on
1: Monday now, so I think it's what's that like nine day break until our next game, and then and then it's another Saturday, three o'clock, against Newcastle, uh, as it stands. Um it's difficult, isn't it? There's a couple of comments. I mean, there's so many coming in. A lot from uh, uh, rivals across the city because they played last night, and they? So they got nothing to do on a Saturday rather than talk about Villa. Uh, so I can't well, find it.
0: sleeping from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it was awful. Um, somebody said something like, "You can't." What we said, it's it's annoying to beat Arsenal so convincingly and then go away for two weeks and come back and you you want to follow that up with a, a result against somebody who sat down in 16th, having only won one game all season, but. Brighton are a, are a decent side. I think that there's been a lot of talk about they're in a false position, and the stats show that they're actually better than they've been doing. And I think today you can you can see that they will win a, a fair few games, but it is disappointing, isn't it, that you, you can be so good against Leicester, Liverpool, and Arsenal, and then lose to, with all due respect, Brighton, Southampton, and Leeds.
0: Yeah, Southampton Villa for you. They mean you know they they mm. they serve you serve you a Michelin star meal one one day, and then give you a kind of burnt fruit fruit pastel on some mouldy bread, don't they? The next. <laughs> it's it's Villa,
1: you know. It's it's football, isn't it? These things happen. If you were a mid-table side, we will win fifty percent, won't we? We're gonna we're gonna win some and lose some. So yeah. it's nice to beat the big boys, and it it's more it might. But then it makes it. If I could talk, it makes it all the more frustrating that we can't beat the the
0: small boys. I missed it today, though. I'm really, really missed not being there. I could just imagine the kind of you know, kind of your collars turned up, your little bit of Bovril. Um <laughs> The boots mark night. over. Having a good moan and a, a chunter, yeah moaning at michael oliver um yeah it's not not so much fun when you, your wife's telling you to shut up um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not on p p v anymore though that's one bonus
0: no that that is the um the know, game well, yeah that 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 is the 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 one highlight um but yeah
1: can you put no. it down to the international break? Is it as simple as just saying that a couple of the players are maybe a little bit tired and it was just a bad? I say it's a bad day for Villa. I don't even particularly think it was a bad day. I thought we were still still okay. I think we just defensively the concentration just wasn't quite there.
0: Yeah, look, I think if Villa would have been more clinical, Trezeguet could have had a trick. I yeah. there's a couple of chances that they had a nibble at in the first half that they that they didn't. You know, there's a penalty decision really disputed penalty gone against them. You know, it, it could have been, you know, it's staying the obvious, but it could have gone either three ways, couldn't it? Um, yeah. So, I don't, think, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I just think it's, if Villa are going to kick on, properly kick on this season, they've done the hard bit. They've smashed the champions. Yeah. You know, they've beaten the, who are the league leaders in Leicester. They've gone and embarrassed Arsenal. They can do these things. They can beat the top teams. They just need to kind of be a bit more savvy against the, the lesser teams, really. Um, is, is there anything in that in in
1: terms of we step up our game more against the bigger sides or or anything like that? We're we're more complacent against the sides towards the bottom, or is it is it just random?
0: I'm not sure. I suppose the, the bigger sides, the onus is on them to step out and play a little bit more. Um, whereas teams like Brighton can come to Villa Park and just be content to kind of spring spring Villa as and when. Um, mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I just think I think today probably again, expose the lack of the, the strength in depth because an early injury happened and Villa really couldn't... Well, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because I say they didn't replace him, but then they still made most of the running in the game. So perhaps I'm being, yeah. perhaps I'm being a bit harsh.
1: I don't think you, it's not one of those defeats like Southampton when you look at it and go, well, we were just rubbish today and and Southampton scored some great goals and and that's that. You look at the game today and and think, well, we we did all right there. It's just two, I think both sides play a similar style and cancelled each other out and and you could replay that game ten times and like you said, there'll be a couple of draws in there, Brighton will win a few and Villa would win a few. I don't think there was much to separate the two sides in terms of their their playing style. That's why it was so end-to-end.
0: What did you think of Jack today?
1: quiet, not his usual self. No, that's tiredness as well. He still did fine, but we know what he's capable of. Like, and it's the same for the whole team, isn't it? Same with Ollie Watkins. There's moments where he held the ball up really well and you think, yeah, he's, he's, he's bringing the play in together, but he, he drifted out wide at one point and put a great cross into the back post and there's no one there because Ollie Watkins is the one putting it, putting it in the box. It just feels a little bit... As much as we're creating chances and, and we look okay, it feels a little bit disjointed at times. It feels a bit rushed or a little bit panicky. And then you see it falling to someone like Trezeguet who blasts it out out, out of the stadium. And so I just think we need to be a bit more clinical. A bit more clinical going forward and a bit more concentration at the back and we'd win the league. <laughs> yeah, easy. <laughs>
0: what well, that leave from the table about? Fifth or sixth?
1: Sixth still, I think. Um, let's have a, a quick look. I'm pretty sure we're still sixth. Uh, yes, 16 points. Chelsea are now top with 18. Um, yeah, eight games played, same as everybody else apart from Chelsea and Tottenham are on nine. So it's still it's still decent, isn't it? There's still nothing to get concerned about. Like you said, if you still take 12th, 13th, 11th, 10th, <laughs> we're still perfectly fine. You, you would look at the next two games, West Ham and Newcastle, and think there's a real opportunity there to get four or six points. If it's... If it's um still turns out that we can only beat the good sides this season and we're looking at zero points after those next two games, then maybe it's time to be a little bit concerned, but um I'm, I'm pretty easy at the moment, to be honest. Do
0: you think the amount of goals that, that Villa have shipped in recent ish weeks does strengthen the, the the need for more central defensive options in the um in January? When I mean, we've got Engels who's the kind of forgotten man, um who can't get any you know or can't get fit, or, or can't do enough to, to force his way back in. Um, still, the last thing that I can remember. Well, the, the two last memories of Engels are the lifting his foot over the ball for the goal against Tottenham, and then that one that's come back off the bar at Wembley. And since yeah. then, we've not not seen him, have we? Um, and you know, Courtney Courtney Hall's, uh, is he carrying a knockdown? Do we know? Because he's, he's not been making the bench. Not been making the bench lately. Um, no idea.
1: I think he was injured at one point. I don't know whether he's just not recovered from that yet. We're not going to change it, are we? We're not going to suddenly go Mings hasn't had a great game here, so Bjorn Engels is going to play against West Ham. I don't think we'll change the centre-back pair at any point. My stance remains on the same as it was in the summer. I think if you are going to improve centre-back, you're going to have to spend 25 or £30 million. To to get somebody who's better than probably Ming's at the moment because I think out of the two, Consu is the one that's now become a little bit a little bit more undroppable. But if they aren't going to go and spend thirty million on a centre back in January. I don't think it's the time to do major surgery, especially in your in your defence. So no, I think so perhaps, but I just I just don't think they need to yet.
0: I suppose you're right. You know, Ming's himself cost what. About 25 million quid, I think. And, yeah, especially with you know, the, if, you, if you're like upgrade, upgrading your defence, you might have to spend somewhere near 40 million yeah. to do what? To make the difference between finishing 13th or 12th? Doesn't do you make know much what I mean? business sense, does it? It doesn't, doesn't really. Um, what. Um,
1: what do you think about those two players that that came on then? Not, not Troy O'Reilly, because they, they said when he came off, oh, the the sub has been subbed. And I thought they'd made a mistake at first because it felt like he played the whole game because he basically did. Yeah. But the other two, El Ghazi and Harahan, talk about our lack of squad depth. They both come on. Do you think those they, they do enough to to show that there's good squad depth there for Dean Smith and that we've got options? Does Harahan do enough to show that he can come in and replace Barkley if he's injured for five or six weeks? Or is it Troy O'Reilly at number 10? <laughs>
0: I, th- I thought I thought he said a lot that he didn't come on straight away. Um, yeah, I thought he showed what showed Smith's thinking. Uh, I don't think he did enough, Harrahan, in the last whatever ten, twelve minutes to to, to change Smith's mind. But equally, has Traore done enough in the seventy-five minutes that that, that he's been on? I think. He, he, <sighs> I don't I know.
1: Thought I, I, I was decent. There's a few comments saying that he was he was poor. I thought he was okay. A little bit frustrating, but he didn't do anything to make me think oh, he's not a good player there.
0: Though. I thought it was okay. I, I still think you know the next game you think I'd agree with Smith. He'd probably be in my pecking order ahead of ahead of Harahan, To be honest, um, yeah. And Ghazi's is Ghazi, isn't
1: he? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think he was effective at all when he came on. I know he didn't have long, but. I think it's we've said really this off the ball, has not it?
0: We've said this all along, haven't we? That the, the first eleven looks looks strong, and it's when you scratch beneath the surface that's that's ultimately they, w- me in my mind, which will make Villa finish just outside the top ten rather than in the top ten. The fact that when winter bites, these injuries, the suspensions, and all these kind of things, um, there's not going to be enough kind of the, the support cast is not as good as the as the the main lineup.
1: Obviously,
0: it'd be the main lineup.
1: Yeah. We talk about Jack being quiet. Some of that will be the effect of missing his best pal, Ross Barkley, for 85 minutes as well, I would have thought. And if he's out for a, a decent chunk of fixtures, that will hurt Villa.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's coped with that Ross Barkley for most of his career. <laughs> and <laughs> and on international duty. But you're right, it did <laughs> seem, and I think the commentators referenced this, this towards now, it? it did seem like Villa were kind of relying on Jack, Jack and Jack alone to to find the magic. Mm. Again, in the you know in the second half particularly, so there was going to be an injury come at some stage. There's going to be an injury yeah. come at some stage, and we could, if it came at left back, is the left back deputy really that great? If it came at right back, possibly because we you know we we all rate. When I say we rate Gilbert. Was he even on the bench? Villa losing Bark is a big blow. I'm saying that Villa losing any of their first team players is a big blow because there, there's just not enough in reserve. I mean, Gilbert's not not even near the bench. We've got Al Mohamedy on the bench. What point was I making, Dan?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was reading the comments. People calling us inbred for being Villa <laughs> because of all the opposition fans here watching, which I don't understand, but they're entitled to watch, I guess. Has not Netflix something. gone down? Must have done Leeds fans in here back again. Good to see the Leeds fans. People asking whether we're crying. No, no dry eyes in the Midlands not Are you crying, Matt? I can't see any tears. I
0: don't know, mate. To be honest, I think my tear dug Ducks gave in a long
1: time ago. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably it, isn't it? We've done twenty-five minutes there, about a two-one defeat. Where the biggest talking point is the VAR thing, and ultimately, I don't think there's much to worry about. It's just a, a frustrating afternoon where we could have won, we could have drew, we could have lost, and we did. And that's a basic, basically the best way to summarize its isn't it? <laughs> we'll get James <laughs> to do a proper analysis later. Yes,
0: yeah, one of those football matches where we could have won, could have lost, or could have drawn. You say, yeah, 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 well, yeah. Well, that, well, that happens dude, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I
1: suppose it's been remiss of us not to give a little plug to our Gareth Barry podcast, a man that started his career at Brighton and had a, a big long career at Aston Villa. Should we play a clip for, to tease it for the
0: audience? Yeah, go on. What is he? Uh, find out, mate. As Villa fans, we're probably success-starved compared to what we yeah. used to get in the eighties and nineties. It felt like a big defining moment that that Villa didn't kick on against in that that year's. UEFA Cup. But when I look back at it, I think the Moscow game was actually the last 32. It wasn't, you know, I think it's sometimes we reinvent it as a semi-final or, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. sense amongst the players then that, they, that it was a missed opportunity?
1: At the time, I can't exactly say where we were in the league, but we I could only imagine where we were flying in the, in the top four. And I sort of understood his reasonings at the time because, you know, he wanted us fresh. We were winning. We were probably winning regularly. The confidence was high in the league. But Certainly, looking back now, um, I felt with the squad we had there, it was probably an opportunity missed. Because I've always felt, you know, teams should go for for trophies, whether it's the League Cup. Um, and
0: yeah, I, I, probably looking back now, I would uh, would love to have seen a, a team go there capable of going through.
1: Nice bloke, isn't he, Garth Barrow?
0: He is, mate. Yeah, he was. Um, I still think he looks like he's filming it in a passport booth. Um, <laughs> he still looks now, like he's, he's twenty five to me. It was Yeah, it, I'm about two years older than him. I think I have had. A, I must have had a tougher pipe around. Um, <laughs> but no, he was brilliant, wasn't he? And like I said, we were trying to get a few more guests on for lockdown two. We made it a feature yeah. of lockdown one. <laughs> um, I've had, I think we've had a, a fairly good response to it, haven't we? It started the debate of whether he's a legend or whether he's not a legend. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: that was an interesting one. Where, where did we fall on that? I said he is a legend. That was my synopsis. Oh, I, I said he was as well. I don't know whether there's much debate. I'll put it on Facebook and there's a few people saying he's an icon or he's a hero. And to me, that's all pretty much the same. But yeah, it's, it started slowly, but I think that's what, 12,000 views it's up to now. So if you're watching this live on Facebook, you can also find us on YouTube, at Clara Blue Podcast, um, if you're listening to this and you've missed it because you've been away for the international break. Well, I don't know where you've been because we've all been at home, so it's not like you've been on holiday as well. Uh, you can go and catch up with Gareth Barry. We've chatted to him for, we were with him for about an hour and a half, weren't we? And I think the episode is about... An hour, is it? Uh, Yeah, an hour and two minutes. So, uh, yeah, go back and catch up with that if you missed
0: it. Should leave that on the screen. It looks like we've got him as a guest talking about the Brighton (laughs) game. Sorry, Barry. Sorry, Gareth. We've got some problems down the line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's gone. He's gone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll call it a day there. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in live on Facebook or YouTube this afternoon. And uh, we'll be back probably later in the week to do a bit of a QA and a or or an update um, towards the... When do we play next Monday? So, yeah, we'll do something maybe Thursday or Friday of next week um, with, with Ash Priest, see what he thought of, of Brighton.
0: Yes, Matt? Have we not got another player one? Is that going out the week after?
1: or uh, we are, I'm currently editing another player interview, yes. I don't know when that's coming out yet. It'll possibly be this week. If not, it'll be the week after. We, are we going to reveal who that is or should we just keep it? No, 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 no. Leave it for
0: now. Watch it. So, I enjoyed it, though. <laughs>
1: it was was good it was very good Um, but yeah we'll be back at some point next week and then you and me will be back again on Monday night we'll be back for the night game shifts uh, when we play uh, West Ham on Monday night football thanks everyone for tuning in thank you Matt Kendrick for joining me and we'll be back soon
0: thank you for listening to Claret and Blue an Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode until then up the villa